0: I have a song that goes along with my sermon. Many of you, a few of you remember Janny Grine. Anyway, let's listen to the song and I'll tell you a little bit about her. Crank her up.
1: Then he has become our new creator.
0: We're going twice. Everything
1: has become
0: Justin, you want to adjust it. Justin, why don't you stop that a minute? And start it again. We got two songs, the same song going twice. Thank God for YouTube, right? Let me tell you a little bit about it. This Janie Grind took a lot of the songs that came out of the 70s and put music to them. A lot of the teaching of Brother Hagan.
1: Then he become a new There you go.
0: Kenneth Coffin took some of her songs and made hits out of them. Listen to the words.
1: Everything has become new in Him. God no longer knows the things that brought you to this place before you came here. He only Sees you hold it now faultless and blameless as you're standing there.
0: Pray turn it up a little bit, Betty. Mm-hmm. The name of Jesus Him. I want you to hear that song because there's a lot of songs that have been written on the word. That's pure word. Um, she wrote the song "Cast your Bread on the Water" that Copeland used to sing. and literally Janie was a prophet and she sang an enormous amount of word-based songs and a lot of them were just pure scripture. And um, I, we had her in our church one time and uh, her and, her and her husband Bill are both going on to be with the Lord. But I wanted you to hear that and and I'll tell you the truth about it it was hard to find her because a lot of times those old songs people' don't they don't go looking for them anymore. So anyway, having said that, open your Bibles to Romans 10, and tonight we're going to talk about how to develop great faith. And when I say that, I don't say that tongue-in-cheek, I am serious how to get your faith to skyrocket greater than it's ever, ever, ever been before in your life. And what I'm going to show you, if you don't do it, you'll never have a lot of faith at all. And it's a pretty simple, simple process. But, I, but the Lord's been laying it on my heart to do this for a little while. And so I, I want to I wanna get you into this. One of the things that kicked this off was Sunday morning, Easter morning. And it, it was a great joy for me to minister to so many people who were unchurched. Do you understand that, that most of them Never heard what I preached, have never heard it, been in church all their life, never heard anything like that. And yet what I preached was ABC, the ABC, it was ABCs, it was, it was first and second grade material. Think about that a minute. Amen. So in talking about how to develop great faith. And, and so what we're going to talk about is confessing the word. And I want you to, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Confession fixes the landmarks of your life. Your mouth fixes how far you go and how far you don't go. Now, I I don't have time to to get into that a lot. I'm going to some. But um, God gave us an ability to speak words. I was flying an airplane one time and was a twin engine airplane, and there's a saying dead foot dead engine, and whenever someone pulls an engine on you when you're a rudder, when your foot goes to the floor on the rudder, that's the engine that's dead, and you feather the prop so that you can you know you have one engine alive and you, most of the time you can't fly at ten or 15, 18,000 feet, but you can come down to 5,000 feet and find a place to land. So, so I said with my mouth, because he pulled my prop, and, I, and even though it was my right engine, with my mouth I said, left engine is alive, and I feathered the left engine. Even though I knew better, I feathered the good engine. I, I, he killed one, I killed the other one. And he looked at me and said, "You flunked. I flunked the test, went back, and I had to fly for another month to get go back and get my multi engine rating. Your mouth guides you, even when you know there is an old adage, and this is a crazy saying police used to say um, when 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 tap rack bang, tap rack bang, when they would have a malfunction in a gun, they would always." tap the slide, rack it back, pull the trigger. Well, they found out that police, because they said it so much with their mouth, they would even shoot when a good person was in front of them because they had trained their mind with their mouth. And they had to teach police, stop saying tap, rack, bang. Tap, rack, don't say another word. Because your mind... Will your subconscious what you've been saying, you will do that, and, and, and the secular world has learned an enormous amount about speech. And when I'm shooting a competition, I never say anything negative, all you do is go to the level of your, of your mouth. Now, that's just true in life, confession fixes the landmarks of your life. So listen to what I'm about to say. If you don't learn to confess the word, there are places in God you will never go there. I'm going to prove it to you with the Bible. I'm going to pull a scripture out, and I'm going to show you what I just said in the Bible. Now, on a slang side, that's why they call People like me, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. As though we're out bossing God around. But the word confession, the the Greek, the, the, the dictionary definition of the word confession is to say the same thing. You saw an accident, you say it. This is what I saw. So you're not making stuff up. What did God say? When you say what he said, that's a confession. So I'm not quite sure where the people got the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, since all we've ever preached is saying what God said. Well, why is that important? I want you to look at Romans 10, 9, and 10. Pop it on the screen. I'm going to show you something. Now, let's look at this word. If you confess... Say the same thing with your mouth. The Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be what? Is that true? All right, when did you get saved? When you said it. Now, let's stop and think about this. How many people on the earth did Jesus die for? Everybody. Everybody. Why is it 80% of them don't have it? They never said it. Right? Am I right? Yes. That's not that. This is not rocket science. Now listen to what I'm going to say because you weren't saved. I mean, come on. I mean, that's what it says. If you can, you, you, so you're sitting there. You're a heathen going to hell. Someone says, "You know, Jesus died on a cross for you. Rose from the dead for you. And if you'll confess with your mouth, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved." You say, "I believe He raised from the dead. I'm saved." You just called yourself saved. What happened? The, the word of God went to work when you said it. That's that's in, that's a powerful, powerful, powerful thought. All right, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna get ahead of myself. I don't want. To. Have you ever heard a person say, I am believing for my salvation? Never. You ever heard a person say, I am believing for the Holy Ghost? Never, you never heard it. Why do we hear people say, I'm believing for healing? Because in their mind, they don't have it. Now, we're going to come back to that in a little bit. But now stop for a minute because I'm going to make a statement to you. The statement, I am believing for healing, is pure unbelief. There's no faith in that. You'll die saying that. And yet, 999 9 tenths of the faith and word people say it all the time. Thank you all. Now, how far off am I? I'm still doing good, aren't I? So, does confession have anything to do with it? Let me, let, let, let's, let, let's, let's just go natural for a moment. You have a boy and a girl that want to get married, and they believe this is God's choice for them. They go out and buy the dress, call Larry Levison, make a movie about it. Never mind. They call me up and say, we want to get married. Everybody comes out, we buy potato salad, chicken and dumplings, we have all kinds of stuff. And, they, and then the woman goes out there, it's gonna, the wedding's supposed to be at noon, she comes out about one. The husband's waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Tell me why that happens, I don't have any idea, but it does. Preparations, Preparations they've, had, they've had all year and they're still preparing. It's, it's a private, personal pet peeve of mine. So they come out. and and the song plays and everything's going good, there comes a point in the service where, let's say I'm doing the wedding, I turn to the man and I say, do you take Princess to be your lawfully wedded wife? And he says, I do. And I say, Princess, did you take Mr. Prince to be your husband? She says, I do. And then I say... I pronounce you husband and wife. What just happened? When did they get married? When they said it. Your mouth is powerful. I told a story today. Justin and I were doing a, uh, and they're doing the stories, and I and I'm just led to tell you this at this point. Right after I got born again, um, we were in a mobile home park, and. They had a German Shepherd dog, and the dog bit Ashley in the face. I mean, bitter to where one of the teeth went through Ashley's cheek right there and made a hole the size of a yellow school pencil. And then bitter, and it blew it up this side and blew it up her jaw. I went down to the man. I was mad. Now, I'm, what I'm going to say right now is not, it's not nice. Okay? Prepare yourself. I went and knocked on his door and he said, Well, your daughter shouldn't have been messing with my dog. And I looked at him and I said, God damn your soul to hell, you son of a gun. I did, that's what I said. And I left. And I flat meant it too. When I got home that night, the Lord said, Call your words back. Oh, and then I said, And damn the dog. I mean, I was mad. I, was very, I just got saved. I don't say that anymore. I've never cussed another human being since that day. Never said those words. Never will. I got home that night and the Lord said, call your words back. And I said, no. He can rot in hell. He said, I need you to call your words back. And God was pleading with me. What did I do? He said, son, I can heal your daughter if you'll forgive him. Well, if it wasn't for that, I'd let him rot. And he says, I want you to call your words back and forgive him. And I did. I got down on my knees and I said, Heavenly Father, please forgive me for the words that I just uttered at that man. And I call him back in Jesus' name. And then he asked me a question. He said, "What well, about the dog. I said, do I have to? He said, no. I said, damn, the dog. <laughs> you understand? Well, I've been saved a month, too. Don't be too hard on me. Some of y'all can't handle real talk. I mean, I know. You talk like this when you get out of church, come in church, you can't hear it. Come on. The next morning, the dog was dead on the side of the road. Yes. They say it got run over by a car. I don't know what happened to him. But the Lord taught me something about our words. How, and why would God plead with me? What mean what couldn't God? I uttered words. How powerful is our mouth? Satan knows this. That's why sinners cuss. All sinners cuss. If you cuss, you're a sinner. Now, I've never, I've been angry at people, but I've never, in 45 years, I've never uttered those words on a human again. It's very powerful that you watch what you say to people and about people with your mouth. And I said that because sometimes we need to, you know, I mean, that was a wake-up call for me to watch my mouth. And God told me, he says, if you don't forgive him, so I prayed for Ashley. He healed her instantly in front of my face. Her face cleaned up within minutes of me laying hands on her. And I watched God move. And I met him in the grocery store the next day. And I walked up to him, shook his hand, and said, I want you to know that I have forgiven you. Don't have to forgive the dog. Let the dog rot. But after that, the words I spoke, and I began, this is one of the things that the Lord taught me about what we say. Satan knows this. You need to know this. That's why when Jesus said, if you curse a fig tree, he didn't say, now I cussed. And I'm aware of that, and some of y'all will get over it next before next month. But your, but your words are good, good and bad. You can bless things. You can speak good. Bless those that curse you. Bless them. Don't speak evil to them. Don't curse these people because they're ugly. Be kind. You speak nice things. Father, I bless them. They don't know any better. Father, bless them. Open up the eyes of their understanding in the name of Jesus. Speak life over people. Speak life over yourself. Don't call yourself stupid. Hey, stupid. We're calling yourself names. So so your words, you got born again the moment you said you were. All right, now that's the that's the preeminence for everything that I'm going to say. Um He finished salvation. Even though he finished salvation at the cross, it wasn't until November 16, 1975 did I receive it. It wasn't until that I confessed it. Then he sent the Holy Spirit, you know, 50 days later, and it didn't do me any good until February 76. Because that's when I said, I believe, I I receive. That when I said those words... He, then, then the guy said, well, open your mouth and speak in tongues. And I started talking in tongues. God filled me when I said I received the Holy Ghost. But I needed to say something with my mouth. Now, we've never understood this. Now, let's go back to healing for a minute. And I'm going to kind of blow your mind just a little tiny bit. No, I'm Well, no, I'm not. I'll come back to that in a minute. Go to Hebrews 4.14. Let's look at this scripture. Seeing then we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let's hold fast our what? Now the word fast is not in the original Greek. The word fast is the Greek word hold. This is what it says, hold, hold. Now, think about that. Seeing we have a great high priest, Jesus, who passed through the heavens, Jesus, Son of God, hold, hold onto your confession. Now, what in the world does that mean, hold, hold? Well, you can get a hold on something. Or you can get a hold on something. Hold or, by God, I got this and I'm not turning loose Of what I said with my mouth, I'm not changing my confession that Jesus is Lord. Now, don't tell me the devil's not trying to take it. He's constantly dealing with your soul to get you to say things contrary to the Bible. The, the constantly doing this. He's constantly. So you have to own purpose. Decide to say confession, say the same thing, to say about yourself what God said about you. You've got to say, you've got to decide, I'm going to say what He said. Why? Because whatever He said, is not going to happen until you say it. Amen. Amen. We're going we're gonna get into this a little bit more in just a minute. We we'll get confession is the trigger that activates the power of God. All right, go to Ephesians chapter five. So so it's important. That we learn to confess the word of God. Now before I do that, ah, 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 ah. pop Philemon 1:6 up on the screen, and we'll come back. Just go to Ephesians and put, put Philemon 1:6 up. Now I want you to look at this scripture. look at this scripture right here, and let's, let's, let's really pay attention to it. That the sharing of your faith may become effective. How does your faith get activated? What activates it? By the acknowledging of every good thing in you in Christ. Amen. Now well, that's an absolutely powerful scripture. Yes. Yes, thank you. you went to a Episcopalian church, Methodist church, Catholic church, wherever you went for years and years and years and never activated the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Never one time activated it. Always was in you in Christ. You came into a church like this and you went, that's for me, hallelujah. And you bang, activated it and it started working. Seeds aren't activated, they're put in the ground. There are seeds right now they found in Pharaoh's tomb, and they took them, planted them, and they grew. Been there for thousands of years, but then nobody ever activated the seed. The Word of God is a seed, and it must be activated. You've got to activate the Word of God if you want it. There's a lot more in here than just Jesus dying on the cross, being filled with the Holy Ghost and healed. There's a lot of scriptures in here, and God wants you to activate all of them. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I thought I was doing pretty good. Now, go back to um, Ephesians 5, 29. I'm going to share something with you. Absolutely blow your little mind. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourished his it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man leaves his father and mother, joined his wife to become one flesh. I'm speaking a great mystery but I speak concerning Christ and the church. All right, now I'm going to ask you a question. Crazy, crazy, crazy question. Where did Eve come from? Adam. 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 You know, in the, in the Hebrew, it says that God took a rib. That's not in the Hebrew. There's nothing in the Hebrew about a rib. They did not have any earthly idea what to do with the scripture. Because I think the next time they write something, they need to write what he said instead of trying to figure it that He took a sight of Adam. Now, God made Adam in his image and in his likeness. Now, this may mess up your head just for a minute. God, in order to create a man, which he did, had to be both masculine and feminine. Didn't he? Because yes. he made both male and female in his image. So Adam was both. Uh, don't ask me <laughs> what it looked like. I don't know. Have no earthly idea. May never know. But when he put her to sleep, when he put Adam to sleep, it says he took a side of him, took the feminine side out of Adam. Was so we see that Eve is Adam. Isn't she? Where did Jesus get you? Where did God get you? Out of Jesus. So you and Jesus are one, yes, uh, one person. Now I'm going to go ahead and just really, really stretch your brain past anything it's ever been, you've ever been stretched before. But you can't prove I'm wrong and you just have to sit and listen to me. <laughs> when you were born again, you were dead in sins, so your spirit was dead, right? right? So Paul makes a statement, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So he's, he's, he said, The life I'm living, I'm living by faith of the Son of God. In other words, you, Jesus is not in your spirit, your spirit doesn't exist. Your spirit is his spirit. Amen. Uh, now, I, I, we've got to go here because if you don't, you're never going to understand faith. You're always going to be in your mind separate. Now, I didn't say Eve was Adam and Adam was Eve. Eve. Even Eve even Adam is Adam, you're not Jesus. Jesus Jesus and you're Joe. But when God raised him from the dead, there's only one living man. And there was a race of dead people, and the moment his spirit hit your spirit, you became him. If any man is in Christ, in him, in him, you don't believe what you're singing. You're not in him like a pillow in a pillowcase. You and him are one. Eve is Adam. The church. See, he just I just read it to you. I I just read it to you. The Ephesians is not trying to teach you. It's not a scripture for pastors to help people who are married. It's a scripture to show you what a Christian is. I'm going to read it again. For this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined, and they become one flesh. This is a great mystery but I'm speaking concerning Christ and the church. Up until now, we've had Jesus is here and Daryl's over here. Jesus is righteous. Daryl's kind of sort of got a little dabba do ya in him. All of that's wrong. Jesus is alive. Daryl was dead. Jesus came in me. And the life I now live, I am alive because Jesus is in me. And my spirit is his spirit. My life is his life. My righteousness is his righteousness. All right. I want you to imagine Jesus getting cancer. Your brain can't go there. Why? Well, he's righteous. When you say, I am healed, you are Jesus. Nobody said you weren't being attacked. All right. When you, when you got born again, the moment you got born again, you said, I'm saved. Yes. Well, you probably went out and acted like a jerk. But you didn't say, I thought I was saved. I got to get saved again. You, you didn't keep doing this. Yeah. I guess I'm not. When I get straightened up, I, I'm saved. You didn't do that. Why did you do that? Because you believed that the moment you asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you're saved. Why is it that you didn't believe that you are healed? You are healed. That's end of that That ends the su- subject over. Alright, so what that means is that cancer is a spirit. Oh, what did you do when lust came? Oh, get off me in Jesus' name, you foul thing. I'm not an adulterer. Am I right? You're fighting okay. Sin shall have no dominion over you because you are the righteousness of God. You're not a sinner. So now you recognize what a temptation is. That's a a temptation. I'm not not buying that. You got that? So now you start feeling bad. Oh, man, I'm coming down with something. Shut up. Shut, Uh shut, shut up. You don't run around calling yourself a sinner because you did something stupid. That's true. That's right. You fight from victory. I'm man. I'm in made the righteousness of God. I don't have to have that. Some of y'all may have dealt with it 10 minutes, some of you may have taken you a month or two. Right. But you dealt with it and you got it out of your life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you do that when the flu comes? Yeah. That's true. That's true. No, you don't put no, you don't get on me. Jesus Christ, get off my body. Now, I'd get kicked out of churches for saying that. But if I'm not him, who am I? If you're not, go to John 17. Golly gee. Okay. Are y'all okay? I, I know I'm star Trekking right now. I really know. There's a scripture that says that that Jesus is light and you are light. All right. What if I read it out of the Bible? Would that be all right? (laughs) 1720. I am not praying just for these here alone. I'm going to pray for everybody who will believe in me through your words. Say me that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe you sent them, and the glory you gave me, I have given it to them. Boy, I'm going to tell you, when you you first start hearing this, I know what your brain goes. Ding, 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 kick it, kick it, kick it. Because we're so flesh-minded, we've never learned to acknowledge all that's in us in Christ. My soul is not me. My body is not me. I'm a spirit. Jesus and I are one. Now, from that position, I fight all battles. So what happens when the doctor says cancer, I go, no, I've got authority over all the work of the enemy. Uh, you understand? Wait, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Hold on a minute. Stop. Stop. Just stop. Golly, stop. Sickness is payment for sin. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Did he pay it? And is he, is my body his house? Keep the devil off the house. Is that okay? Folks, folks. Jesus never prayed for anybody. And you go, I mean, you go Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you, you find me one person he ever laid hands on and asked God to heal them. It isn't in there. Mm-hmm. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost of power, went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of. All. What? All right. There was a story years ago about a woman who got called as a missionary to, I think it was Papua New Guinea. Went into a village and the bubonic plague had broken out. I don't know if it's bubonic, it was a plague. And she said, Well, there's a reason for it. Let's find the source. They dug and dug and dug and they found it where a pig had fallen in the well. Everybody's drinking out of the water and dying. Got the pig out, what happened to the plague? Watch. Satan, you have no right here. Go. What are you doing? Just take the, take the problem and move it out. She's not, she is the healed. Oh, boy, I mean, golly gee, golly gee, guys. So why do we say I'm believing for healing? Because in your mind, you're not. That's pure unbelief. You're, you'll die saying that because you've never identified that you are. If you aren't, you're never going to be. Boy. Everybody okay? This is the root of what we call the faith message. Now, did God say, Daryl moved to Alaska? No, so I can't go. But he did say I was healed. I can't run around saying what he didn't say. I can't make up stuff. Right? Confession means I'm going to say what he said. There's nothing in there about go to Alaska. I looked. I looked all over the place for him. But now, what I do now, and and I'm going to tell you, this right here is one of the most powerful things I have ever learned in my Christian life is to find the scriptures and what they say about me and say them. That has changed everything in me. The only reason I'm a better Christian than you is I say more than you say. I'm not more righteous than you. I'm not more forgiven. And I'm not smarter than you. Just say more of the word than you do. So if you want to catch me. Get your Bible out. <laughs> How am, am I doing alright? Listen I'm star tracking right now. I, I, I'm going places the average Christian, scare, it scares the spit out of them to talk like this. There's a guy by the name of E.W. Kenyon wrote a book called Identification, and everything I preach tonight's right here in this book. Now, do y'all know who T.L. Osborne is? Yes. He's the greatest soul winner ever walked this earth. And we'll say something about him. He's won more people to Jesus than all of the church combined Everybody that's ever lived, he's one more by himself than everybody combined. Billy Graham, John G. Lake, everybody. He's been averaging 50,000 people in a crusade every month since 1950. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people saved. Do you know who his Bible school was? Kenyon. Kenyon. I saw. He was a Pentecostal preacher, and someone got in a boat in New Zealand. God said, Take these books to a man, and I'll show you who he is. And T.L. Osmond was praying in Oregon. It was in Washington, Oregon. It was Oregon. Pastor in a Pentecostal church, and he, and he got off at every stop in California, all the way up the coast. And the God said, Not this one, not this one, not this. He got off in Portland, Oregon. He said, "Start walking," and he walked until he saw T.L. Osborne. Now T.L. said all of this on TBN one night. Told the whole story. Was in a flower garden outside, and, and Kenyon was such a controversial preacher that T.L. tore the covers off the book, so nobody would know who he was reading. And he went from being a pastor of a small church to rocking the whole planet with the gospel. One guy. Now Kenyon was a Free Will Baptist. Was a Methodist. Backslid. Became a Free Will Baptist. Gave his heart to got back right with God. Was dying of Paris soya. Yeah. Anyway, guy came in, laid hands on him, healed him. He gave his whole life to God, started a Bible school. That's probably one of the smartest people you've ever walked God's green earth when it comes to the Bible. Now, he was way, way past his day. And he preached a lot on in Christ, what Jesus did for you and who you are in Christ, an enormous amount. He really probably pioneered the thought. Is this too much for y'all? When TL died a few years ago, Kevin McNulty told me his book that he was reading when he died was Righteousness by E.W. Kenyon. That ought to sell a couple of books. Now I have Kenyonitis. At least, am I doing? Somebody just, somebody help me out because right now I'm starting to feel like a cold wind is blowing. It's just the AC. It's just the AC.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> now I'm a, Let's listen to what I'm about to say. When these trues gain an ascendancy in you, they will make you a spiritual Superman. They will make you the master of demons and disease. Jesus came to create another race and he is, he fathered you. That's going to hit the church one day. This is an unveiling of what we are in Christ and how the father sees us in the son. It is the end of your weakness and failure. There will be no more struggle for faith because everything's already yours. There will be no more praying for power because he's inside you. There will be no more bondage to sin consciousness for you have been made the righteousness of God. You know that you are in Christ. You know he dwells in you. You know you have authority in his name. You know you are God inside minded. You have his ability. You have his wisdom. You have his love. You have his righteousness. He lives in you. You know why that's not real to you? Because you're not saying it. I'm going to say that again. See, I don't pray for wisdom. I never pray for wisdom. He, Jesus, has been made unto me wisdom. Yes. Yes. Amen. I have the mind of Christ. What did I just do with my mouth? I released the ability of God. That's what Jesus did. Lazarus, come out. Did he put that in me? Same spirit. Yeah, yeah, he did. Gave me the name. Name is above every name. The name of Jesus is the same as the man. Amen. Are y'all okay? But it's not real to the church because we've never been taught to say it. We go, well, that's a lie. Well, no, it's not a lie. We're not, you're, that's carnally minded. Carnal minded means you're flesh minded. Yes. You're minding your flesh, not your spirit. You are who God says you are. How did Jesus find out who he was? Reading Bible. Why do you think when he went in his own church, he found the scripture that talked about him? That's not the first time he read that. When he read it, he went, hey, that's me. And he found out who he was in the word. That is how God teaches you who you are, in the Word. The more of the Word of God you get in you, the more you are going to walk in His ability and His wisdom and His righteousness. It's not automatic. It's voice activated by the acknowledging of every good thing in you in Christ. I acknowledge that. I have his peace. I am at peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I am his righteousness. I am healed. I am more than a conqueror. He shows me things to come. God did not give me a spirit of fear, power, love, a sound mind. What am I doing? I'm activating it. Oh, come on, guys, this, this ought to, well, you are messed up, you are screwing up every demon in a pop car right this minute. Because he's, all the devils are out there going, I hate him. I hate that guy. I lay hands on the sick. What? That happens when you say it happens. Well, I laid hands on the sick and they didn't. Shut up. Shut up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The prayers of a righteous man yes. makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. My, my family doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell. I'm praying. That's my confession. Where did I get it? I got it out of the Bible. Is this? Mark Hankins said the most difficult thing he's ever done is to get people to confess the word. Because your mind fights you. First time I ever opened my mouth and said I'm a son of God, my mind went, you, don't you ever say those words again. That's blasphemy. My, my soul was so trained in sin, my Bible did not feel real. But it you start saying it. Now it feels weird to say I'm a sinner. I'm not a sinner. I don't think like that. I'm not a loser. I don't think like a loser. I think all things are possible to him that believes. I want to tell you all a story. Just, just funny, funny, funny. Happened today. Just the power of God. Happened today. I have a set of papers. That I filled out because I, I'm the new district director for the north part of the state. I went back and took my old job back. Y'all can thank me later. <laughs> and I'm going to say this. Pastors, golly gee, they need help. And I've agreed to step in there and minister to them. Amen. Hallelujah. When you pastor, you do something 30 years, you'll learn something. Yep, yep. Well, I filled out all this paperwork on them and I lost it. I don't know where I went. I came in my office. I looked. I drove down here and looked. I went through my office at home. And I got here today, and I got tired of looking because God knows where it is. I'm not stupid. I'm tired of, of the old way of doing things. I don't do things the old way. God is in me. I have the mind of Christ. So I just sat there at the table and I said, Father, you know where the papers are. And I thank you that according to Mark eleven, twenty three and twenty-four, I have them. What did I just do? I activated, I activated the word, didn't I? I activated it. Yes. Put the seed in the ground. Yeah. I'm sitting there at the desk peddling with something, I'm doing something. I reached over and pulled an old Bible off the shelf. I got my Bible laying right there, and I got the new one, opened it up, and there were the papers sitting right in, and I went. Thank you, put the Bible up. And it wasn't 10 minutes, 5 it was five minutes, I found the paperwork. Amen. It is so much fun to do it the way Jesus did it. Boy. I mean, that's pretty good when you have a hot off the press. I mean, just... An hour ago, because I worked on those papers for hours and hours and hours one day, and I did not want to do it again. Right? I mean, if God knows where everything is, <laughs> I, I, I know you're processing this, and got, I'm, I'm trying to, I want you to get it fast even though I didn't. It took me a while. I would confess it and go, yeah. I wished I could tell you that tonight you'll leave with all of this. You will not. But you will learn the process. And it will amaze you in a month and you go, oh, my God, I see something. And a month later you'll go, oh my God, I see something else. And that'll happen to you constantly between now and forever. Mm-hmm. I I see it more clearly now in you, Nas Lisa, than I did six months ago. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I I'm 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 wowing over something I knew. Mm-hmm. Listen, I have talked about this before. And we sat in the living room in the morning, we talk about it, and then I wake up and I go, Wow. It's like, I thought you wowed about that last week. I did, but wow. I wished I could, revelation knowledge is awesome. All right. So there are about five or six confessions that I believe a person should constantly make. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is one of them. And I want you to write this down. I want you to write it down. I don't want you to do this once and go, "I got that." Don't do it. If anyone is in Christ, that's you're in Him. He is a new creation, a new species of being. Old things passed away. What old things? Oh. Say every old thing. Every, every, I mean, if, honey, if it was immoral, rotten, bad, no good, and sorry, it's gone. Amen. There is nothing wrong in you. Amen. That's an incredible statement to make about yourself. But now, you and I need to quote certain scriptures over and over and over and over because faith comes by hearing, not having heard. So I say 2 Corinthians 5, 17, almost every day, and sometimes 5, 10, 15, 20 times a day, every day of my life, I say this scripture. Amen. If any man's in Christ, I the song a while ago, Jenny, if any man's in Christ, if you don't want to say it, sing it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the reality of it, the more you say it, the more real you and Jesus being one person will become. The more you'll separate from the old man and act just like Jesus. Amen. Now, let's, 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 let's use a hypothetical situation. Let's say that tonight we had a hooker born again from the trail. Came up and got saved. And I looked at her and I said, you're a new creation. She is. But it's not real to her. I mean, she's still. Oh, damn! Bad, and she's going to act and dress like a hooker for a little while, because she thinks like a hooker. But she's not a hooker. She's a new Christian. She's as perfect as Jesus. It, it's a process. It, she's going to have to get that. If I read it to her, she'd look at me and go, huh. <laughs> Right." And then she'd go back to, thank you that I'm not going to hell. And all that, that's all the revelation she has. But it's true. Now, we need to get her thinking right. Because she could look and act like Gloria Copeland as fast as we can get her to think yes. right. My job is to get you to quit thinking like a stupid little idiot i tell you what, I'm just old hobo from, you know, Podunk County, you know, hallelujah. (laughs) And you're not. You're not. But you think that way. You talk that way. Don't you? I mean, you've seen people born again, you go, are you saved? Well, yeah. What I'm saying, I gave my heart to Jesus back in 19. Well, I think in 1975. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I remember that day, right there. Yeah. And you're looking at them, going, "Man, you drive a crappy old car. You dress like a heck, You walk and talk like a hillbilly." Hey, they've never grabbed the hold. They don't know who they are. Are y'all getting this? You're getting this. But what would happen? Now, let me tell you a story. This is a true story. The story I'm about to tell you is totally true. There was a man, there was a bum on the side in in a park in New York City, sleeping on a bench. And an artist came by and he says, can I draw you? And he says, I guess. He said, I'll pay you. And he goes, yeah. So the man's laying on the bench in rags. But the man draws him in a suit and tie. Very distinguished. It's him. And so when he gets finished, he said, can I see the picture? He said, yes, you can. And he showed him the picture of him sitting on a bench in a $500 wool suit, nice shoes. And he goes, that's the me you see. It's the man I see. He took the picture and said, He's the man I will become. Amen. That's a true story. T.L. Osborne made a statement one time. He says the whole point of is preaching to people to get them to see themselves the way God sees them. Amen. I'm trying tonight to paint a picture in your soul of you. Amen. The real you. Amen. Not the one you think you are. And if I can do it, to the degree I can do it, I can get you there. Are you rich?
1: Yes,
0: I am. Rich, there's a thing called white privilege. It isn't true. But I'm going to tell you what happens. If you have people that are used to living right, the kids grow up seeing it mm-hmm. and they live it out. And you have people grow up poor, they grow up in it and they see it and live it out. It's not white, black, it's, it's not a color thing. If I could take a kid out of a poverty situation and stick him in a home, what was the movie um, with the football boy? Um, Blindside. 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 Yeah. What happened to him? Adopted him and brought him up in a nice house. Well, they started changing the way he thought. As a man thinks, confession changes your soul. Wow. And it doesn't happen because you said it once. Boy, I'm, I'm doing good, aren't I? I mean, y'all, y'all are like. I'm not done with this. We're only on number one. We're going to be on this for a little while now. Because there's about five basic confessions. You've got to, you've got to get in the habit of saying what he said. All right, let's go to number two. We've got enough time for number two, don't we? Galatians 3.13. What does it say? That's sad. Somebody say it. I want to hear somebody blow it out before we get there. Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law being made a curse for me. For cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Christ redeemed me from the curse. There's no curse on me. Well, you get that in your head. There' no curse on me. You can't curse me. You can't. Don't you curse me? It's coming on you, cause I forgive you. Everything you say about me, uh, every, no weapon formed against me or prosper, and every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I condemn it and prove it to be wrong. You listen. You do not want to come in this church and curse that man right there, cause whatever you say about him's coming back on you. Because I said it comes on you. I found a scripture that says I'm not, I'm not cursed. I'm not ever going to be cursed. Christ redeemed me from the curse of sickness, poverty, and spiritual death. There is no condemnation. There is no curse on me. I'm not having it. I don't walk around talking about how everything's bad and you know everything's gonna break and you know how everything's always breaking. I don't. I, listen, you don't. You not You do not hear me cursing my refrigerator. I don't curse my truck. Nope. A matter of fact, I talk to my truck. I make Lisa talk to my truck. If she says something bad about my truck, I make her apologize. I said you hurt his feelings. And I tap it and I say, let me tell you something. You have a long life. Yes. Don't curse my truck. Now I'll tell you something else I do. I just planted orange trees. I talk to them. Walk around my yard and go, hey, little orange tree, I love you. you make lots of oranges for me in Jesus' name. You're going to grow up healthy. Oh, hallelujah, you're blessed. You're blessed coming in, blessed going out. Holland, know what? Well, you're not gonna ever freeze. You don't have to worry about it. No frost gonna get on you. <laughs> now, if you're my neighbor, they go, he's out there talking to his trees again. <laughs> now I talked to the neighbor's tree that planted it on my property line. Bob saw it. It died. <laughs> was it dead, Bob? Yeah, it's dead. I cursed it. I said, You ain't living. I drove by my llama one day and stopped me. I said, well, you just die. (laughs) Drove off. You died. (laughs) 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 Ephesians 1. Come on, y'all. I'm trying to help us. Is this, Crystal, am I doing all right? Art, how am I doing? Oh, fantastic! Thank you. Hallelujah! Honor. Thank you. Now, now look at this. Say, "This is me." This is me. Blessed be the God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Hallelujah! Woo! I just activated that. I wished I could get money. Money seems to be the most difficult thing. Every time I've ever believed for a certain amount, after a while I get comfortable there then I can believe for a greater. And I've been doing that all my life. I really have tried to jump from a thousand to a million, and I just had not been able to do it. And I know you're thinking, well, your mouth, well, no, 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 no. The Bible says line upon line, here a little, there a little. The blessings of God, even though they're for us, they come in stages because our mind is renewed in stages. It's renewed in stages. And I wish I could get that to go quicker. But every time I get to a place where I'm making a certain amount of money, I always increase that with this. Oh, boy. And I don't look at your tithes when I do. Oh. <laughs> I don't care. It doesn't matter to I care, but that's not what I faith is in. I'm blessed. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Give, and it shall be given to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. God causes men, say it, men to give to my bosom. You just activated the word of God. Oh, Jesus, I got two minutes. Let me close with this and let me say something to you. Brother Haig was praying for money one time, and the Lord said, I don't have any up here. It's all down there. And he said, Satan bottlenecks your money, tell him to get his hands off of it. Folks, this stuff is not, I'm not making this stuff up. Jesus told fish, come. Pick up that money and bring it to Peter. Uh, Listen. (laughs) We we are more powerful than anyone ever told us. But the Bible told us. It's been telling us this. And we're reading it and going, that don't seem real. Say it. Say it. I have scriptures I quote. I try to every morning and get up and quote. If I don't, sometimes during the day. But I'll ride down the road in my pickup truck when I have nothing else to do and I'll just start saying stuff. Long life. Long life. I'm not dying early in the name. Long life. I have long life. He satisfies me and shows me his salvation. Long life. I've got authority over all the work of the enemy. Sin has no dominion over me. Listen. Sickness has no dominion over me. Satan has no dominion over me. Amen. Now, it's not going to work for you if you just go around, and, I'm blaming God for healing. Shut, just shut up. Sickness has no dominion over me. That's faith. Faith says what he says. He didn't say you have what you pray. He said you have what you say. Oh. oh, Ephesians two thirteen. I'm, I'm let me let me read one more to you. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. I am near him; he's near me. Well, he don't feel near me. Shh. Surely, is this all right? Folks, I, can I tell you one more story? When Lisa and I got married, I started my own business, and I, honest to God, was, I was supernaturally broke. And I prayed for money, and nothing happened. And then I thought about Mark eleven twenty three, 23, and I said, one day, I have work, work, and more work. I have more, more work to do than I know what to do with. And I said it all day. Within a week, I was turning work away. Amen. And I went, I know this. Why was that broke? You, you hear it, but golly gee, we have to, re- like, I think I need to hear that one more time. Yeah. So I come back to this in my own life, a lot. When, when things aren't going well, I come back to this. I have favor with God and man. Amen. Just, uh, uh, did this help? Does this help? Yes. All right, I want everybody in here to say this with your mouth. Say, after tonight, after tonight I, am to I am going to watch what I say. What I, say. I will speak. Over me, Over me, what God said, what God even, if even if I don't feel it, don't feel it. Amen. Amen. it's not true because you feel it. Amen. No, God's not true because you feel. Right. Your feelings have nothing to do with truth. It's true. It's true whether you feel like. Sometimes when I feel the rottenest, is the times that I make myself start talking right. I mean, I wake up sometimes Sunday morning and I don't want to come to church. I don't want to go to church. Today will be a good day. God's coming. I'm coming. I have the mind of Christ. I'm anointed. And those are the best services we have. I don't know. My feelings to do this. Does your, maybe I'm the, I'm the only one in here that happens too. I know I'm the only one in here. Nobody said you're going to get to a place. As a matter of fact, the, longer, the further you go in God, sometimes the more he attacks your soul. And the more you've got to fight with the word. So you're not always going to feel. There's going to be a lot of times you're not going to feel this. But you better start doing it. The feelings and the circumstances will change. I'm kind of done. Does this does this help? Now, do we need to hear more? Because I I got I got confession number three next week. Don't throw these away, Betty. I got confession number four and five. There's a lot of scriptures in the Bible other than the ones I them. I say them a lot. And they change everything. Father God, I'm done. I'm done, Papa God. Father, thank you for the Word. Thank you for the Word of God. It always works. I'm asking that everything that was said tonight from your Word, that we will walk out of here and and grab a revelation of it. That's what you were talking about in Ephesians 1 and 3. That we'd have a revelation of this. The more revelation we get of this, the greater we're going to walk in this. And we're going to walk in stuff we've never walked in before. And it's time this church, went the people in it went up in a level they've never been to before. There's things that's greater for us, but we've got to, we've got to start putting our mouth on this thing now. And I thank you, Father God, for that in Jesus' name, amen. I call you blessed. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.